0: Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. The holiday season is a time for celebration and family togetherness. It's supposed to bring us joy, but Christine Mall, chair and professor of counseling and human services at Kinesius College and mental health counselor, says that for many, the holidays are a time of stress, loneliness, anxiety, and dysfunction. Today on the program, as we head into the holiday season, we're going to ask you what you do to make the season joyful. How do you de-stress during the holidays? Maybe you can tell us a story or two about how it all fell apart or maybe how you made it all joyful. We'll get some advice from Christine Ball. We'll also be talking with Marriage and Family Therapist and Rage Against the Minivan blogger Kristen Howerton. And we're going to be turning to writer Sarah Cottrell. We begin with uh, Michael Levin, whose uh, blog uh, post in the in HuffPost uh, caught our attention. It's titled, I Hate Thanksgiving. Uh, Michael Levin is uh, has uh, contributed to... Uh, Many publications, including New York Times, Wall Street Journal, CBS News, Forbes.com, Boston Globe. Uh, And uh, he has ghostwritten, co-written or ghostwritten over 100 books, nine of which have become national bestsellers. Uh, He's founder of Business Ghost Incorporated. Michael Levin, welcome to the program.
1: Tom, happy to be here. Thank you.
0: So I hate Thanksgiving. That's a that's quite the statement, <laughs> and it's I I think we're supposed to love the holidays, right? But I think some of us secretly uh, have some misgivings, or even could re- use the word word hate. And your story is pretty spectacular. I wonder if you could tell me about your your Thanksgivings growing up.
1: <laughs> well, when you mentioned dysfunction a moment ago, I put my hand up. We were Dysfunction <laughs> Junction, and uh, I grew up in a very loving family, and also there's a ton of alcoholism. And so when, when I was a kid, Thanksgiving was a very confusing day because it started off great, and then all of a sudden the adults are insulting each other. And my dad's giving me a little beer under the table, and my grandmother starts to cry, and all of a sudden she's asleep with her face in the, in the pecan pie, and the kids are looking at each other, saying, "What just happened?" And it wouldn't take uh, it would take uh, you know decades of therapy until we figured out what really had just happened. So, am I the biggest uh, Thanksgiving fan in the world? Probably not.
0: <laughs> you, you just I could just see this. You describe in this piece the ride home. Tell me about the ride home.
1: Well, the ride home, the ride there was fine. You know, we're excited. We're going to see our grandparents. And and the ride home, there's this, you know, my parents aren't speaking, and my sisters and I are sitting in the back seat in in abject silence. and, 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 And there's this absolute sense of confusion as to why Thanksgiving went south so quickly and so powerfully and so overwhelmingly. And, you know, when you're a kid, you just, you know, you can't figure it out. They say the truth of childhood isn't revealed until you're out of childhood. So you're sort of sitting there in that car going, was this really necessary? I mean, mm-hmm. I can't, why, why are the adults acting like children, and the children have to act like adults?
0: <laughs> and yet, you kept going back. Oh, you didn't have a choice. Your parents <laughs> kept going back year after year.
1: Well, you, you couldn't exactly opt out of Thanksgiving. <laughs> There's no opt-out clause when you're nine years old. Mm-hmm. You're getting in the car.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Even though you know it's, pro- it it's probably going to go south yet again
1: well you know you're so focused on the food that you don't really think about it and then uh, it's it's really only in adulthood that the that that i would start to click like a geiger counter whenever thanksgiving came along because as you said there is this expectation that uh, you're supposed to feel a certain way on the holidays and you're supposed to be happy and i believe in gratitude it's it's, it's the dominant theme in my life i'd like to think but i'm too rebellious maybe based on that sort of up, 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 up upbringing uh, to be told uh, when to be grateful? I, 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 I'm I'm grateful every day. I, I hope I am, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that's how we should be. The idea is that uh, 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 gratitude is something that's sort of forced upon us and it's a one day a year thing, I'm just not comfortable with that. And I think a lot of people are not people who had my kind of upbringing, people who uh, people who grew up in <laughs> in more uh, more healthy environments.
0: I think for people who have had bad experiences with the holidays, they haven't reached that ideal. When the holidays approach, you you kind of get that butterfly feeling in your stomach. Do you do you get that?
1: Yeah, I've I, I've 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 gotten better. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. easier. But the thing is that, like most people, I like order. I like the fact that on Thursday they pick up the trash and I go to work. And I'm not big on on too much. It's uh, uh, <laughs> not big on too much uh, unconstructive free time. And now I've got four kids, and so you know I'll be taking them to football uh, 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 Thursday morning. And I don't drink, so there's no alcohol in our home. It's not an issue, thank you, God, in our home. So it's, it, they don't go through the insanity that I did. Um, but at the same time, um, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm happier when we get back to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, a typical Monday through Friday week. Mm-hmm. I think that's really where my, on a lizard brain level, that's where my comfort zone lies.
0: Tell me about Thanksgiving with your Chinese in-laws.
1: My, that's really interesting. Yeah, you know, my wife is uh, my wife was born in mainland China, and every Monday night we would go to their house for uh, family dinner. And really, there were there were no there was no opting out of Monday night dinner. But you wouldn't want to because they were my, my in-laws are phenomenal, phenomenal chefs, and these Chinese feasts would be, you know, it's not the typical American Chinese food. So so your, your taste buds had to adjust. Uh, but this was the one night Thanksgiving's the one night in the year when they set out knives and forks instead of uh, instead of chopsticks, and they and they and they've got turkey and the the full American thing going on. The only difference is that, and they're also Stone Cold sober. And my feeling is they just don't <laughs> maybe because they're immigrants, they just don't understand the truth <laughs> of Thanksgiving, which is that you get loaded, you start yelling at each other, and then you start crying and your faces in the pie. And my in-laws just haven't sort of cottoned on to that. I don't yeah. know how long it's going to take them, but I, I'm, I'm mystified by the fact that they can they can enjoy Thanksgiving and then get in their cars, and everybody had a nice time and went home. I I can't figure that
0: out. Totally foreign to what you experienced as a child.
1: It it is. I just don't think they've captured the true (laughs) meaning of Thanksgiving. (laughs) They're nice people, but they just don't get it. Now,
0: now some families, um, I think, have the experience that you had, but without the excuse of alcohol.
1: It's it's entirely possible. Johnny Carson used to say that Thanksgiving is the one day in the year the families get together, and thank God that they only have to get together one day in the year. And the reality is that uh, family—I'm no therapist—but family dysfunction can take on all kinds of forms. And uh, there are people who don't get along for financial reasons. There are people who go, don't get along just because you know her eyes are blue or whatever. So you don't need—you don't need alcohol to have a lousy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It certainly helps, but uh, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's the case that uh, not everybody. And, and I'm hoping that somebody's in the car listening to this and saying, or in their home saying, "Yeah, I don't like Thanksgiving. I, I hate being. I, ha- I hate being put through this whole thing." And so, I guess my message is, you know, you're not, you know, you're not alone. Solidarity, fist in the air. You know, <laughs> right. so, so. Uh,
0: What about uh, what about your Christmases growing up? Did you travel to great grandma's house, or did you stay at home, or what, what happened there?
1: Well, we're Jewish, so okay. it wasn't that. Much, you know, so they were kind of quiet. But uh, no. I, okay, honestly, so that that,
0: that uh, probably yeah. that probably helped you, <laughs> but it wasn't emphasized.
1: Well, you know, I I, I, I I take part in various support groups, and uh, and in December I just hear so many people who are so miserable contemplating uh, Christmas, and I wish it were not so for them. I mean, you know, you guys have all the good music, uh, you know, you've got all the good foods. Uh, you know, we don't get the ham that you guys get. So, you know, so lighten up a little and uh, <laughs> make, the, make, the, make the most of it. That would be my message. To, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, to good, message. good advice. I, I know you, uh, you just, I think, today published a poem.
1: I did. Uh, Laura Ingram has a uh, website called Life Set, and I heard a question last week, which was, what if the only thing you got to keep tomorrow were the things you were consciously grateful for today? And that got my wheels turning, and I'll read it uh, quickly, if it's okay. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, Uh, sure. So it it goes like this. What if all I have tomorrow is what I'm grateful for today? Would it change the way I think? Would it change the things I say? Would I look at my life differently if I were judged by attitude and lost everything and everyone for which I felt no gratitude? We have so much and do so much, you take it all for granted. We live beyond the dreams of kings and queens, yet still feel disenchanted. Things are in the saddle, Emerson wrote, and those things ride mankind. But to the things that matter most are deaf or dumb or blind. So let's express some gratitude for our fingers and our toes, our hearts, our souls, our limbs, our brains, our furniture and clothes. Our homes, our cars, our kids, our scars, the lessons that we've learned, investments made, the trips we took, the mortgages we've burned. What if all you have tomorrow is what you're grateful for today? Take some time and make a list. Make every day Thanksgiving Day. Oh,
0: that's beautiful. Yeah, those. That, that's that's what you've learned. I think that's a, that's a wonderful lesson. That's what ta- I've learned. That's it. it, it from these
1: gratitude. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, that's, that's what you've taken from. That's what you've made out of your painful childhood experiences, which is great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make it sound as though I was, uh, you know, locked in a box for eighteen years. But uh, Thanksgiving was definitely uh, sort of a strange, you know, a strange byway every year. And uh, I, 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 I've learned, I've learned that I have uh, so much to be grateful for. And uh, I know so do all of your listeners, even people who are struggling. We still have so so much that's that's great in our lives. And uh, and that should be the focus, and not simply uh, and not simply what day it is. So,
0: well, we appreciate very much you uh, taking the time to to be with us. As uh, that is uh, great great advice. Uh, Michael Levin has contributed to New York Times, Wall Street Journal, CBS News, and other top media sources, and he is a New York Times best selling uh, author. Uh, he is uh, runs a company does uh, ghostwriting, uh, very successful. Michael Levin, thank you so much.
1: Tom, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays to you. Uh, we are uh, taking a look at the holidays, and we are looking at expectations and uh, maybe the downside of those expectations, and how do you de-stress. Uh, Christine Mall, who we'll have on later in the program, uh, says that uh, for many, the holidays are a time of stress, loneliness, anxiety, dysfunction. And so we're going to talk with Christine Mall, who is Professor of Counseling and Human Services at Kinesius College. She's a mental health counselor. We'll also, in the second half, be talking with um rage against the minivan blogger Kristen Howerton, who's also a family therapist. And uh, next, following a break, we're going to turn to Sarah Cottrell. Uh, we had her record a, a piece. We're going to talk with her as well. And uh, this is on Scary Mommy. It's called Cooking for Thanksgiving Sucks and Please Pass the Wine. So you get a feeling of, of what her feeling is. Uh, we're going to uh, be giving you some advice as well, and we'd love to get some advice or stories from you as well. one 826 1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. More following the break.
2: This is State of the Arts. Utah has a strong theatrical tradition. The first major building in Salt Lake City was a theater. St. George built the Electric. Gunnison built the Casino Star. Park City and Ogden built Egyptian theaters. So when industrialist George Thatcher planned the first grand building in downtown Logan in 1890, of course he built a bank, with a theater above it. The Thatcher Opera House reigned for 24 years before it was destroyed by fire in 1912. The Journal reported the worst fire in Cache Valley history on the front page, several pages later reporting the sinking of the Titanic. The loss inspired construction of the Kane Lyric, Ellen Eccles, and Utah Theaters, three historic theaters on one block. This is Wendy Hassan for State of the Arts.
3: State of the Arts is brought to you by the Cache Valley Center for the Arts in Logan, Utah, managing the historic Ella Nichols Theater and Thatcher Young Mansion.
0: Thanks for listening to AccessUtah. I'm Tom Williams. We are looking ahead to the holidays. But some of us are not looking ahead to the holidays. Uh, for a lot of us, it's a time of joy and wonderful family togetherness. For others, it's a time of stress, loneliness, anxiety, and dysfunction. So what do you do then, if that? those are your feelings? We're going to be talking about this with a Family Therapist and Rage Against the Minivan blogger, Kristen Howerton. We'll also be talking with Christine Mall, who is Professor of Counseling and Human Services at Kinesius College and Mental Health Counselor. And uh, we go next uh, to a piece that uh, we had uh, recorded uh, a little while ago, and then we'll, we'll talk with her. Sarah Cottrell is a writer. Uh, she contributes to a, a blog, um, and uh, she is a Maine-based writer. She's the voice behind uh, Housewife Plus at the Bangor Daily News and a regular contributor to Scary Mommy, co-author in addition to several books, including I Still Just Want to Pee Alone from the New York Times bestselling uh, series, And uh, so she recorded for us her uh, blog post entitled, Cooking for Thanksgiving Sucks and Please Pass the Wine. Let's hear this.
4: Hi, my name is Sarah Cottrell, and I'm a freelance writer and blogger in Midcoast, Maine. My husband is the worst driver. The worst driver. He is always gawking at everything but the road. He spots rare birds. He spots a chair in that yard sale back there. He fidgets with the radio. While he was swerving around his peripheral vision, I'm in a passenger seat with my nagging wife voice on full blast, barking orders to pay attention, watch the yellow line, don't hit that mailbox. Until I was married with children, I had less than no interest in cooking. The only recipes I had any experience with were takeout menus. So I suppose I had it coming that one day I would find myself stuck in the kitchen with my husband who would be armed with his nagging wife voice and barking orders at me to pay attention. It happened last Thanksgiving when I insisted that we spend the holidays at home so that I could live out my wildest Rockwell family dream. I wanted to get up at dawn to stuff that giant bird. I wanted to wear an apron and pearls and look like January Jones. I wanted to drink small glasses of wine all day, while I prepared breads and pies, and doled out motherly wisdom and the secret to perfectly candied yams to anyone who wandered into my kitchen. For all the doubt my husband was knocking around, I couldn't help but be wholly optimistic that this was going to be easy, because I had Martha Stewart and Pinterest on my side. I pulled out a few copies of Martha Stewart's Thanksgiving Back Issues. I did a quick search on Pinterest for holiday recipes. I opened a bottle of wine, sat down, and started pinning the sh** out of Thanksgiving. By the end of the night, in the bottle of wine, I had figured out the perfect, albeit spectacularly, misguided menu. The day before Thanksgiving, and $389 later, I was ready for action. The problem? I had absolutely no idea what the hell I was doing. What would Martha do in this situation? She would pour a glass of wine and start the easy stuff, right? I opened a can of cranberry sauce and dumped it into a nice glass bowl. I was off to a brilliant start. Until, husband, hey, did you start the pies yet? Where's the turkey? Me, whoa, hold your horses there, tough guy. Look, I made cranberry sauce. Husband, honey, it's the day before Thanksgiving. The cranberry sauce can wait. Me, look, I got this, really. Now, buzz off, okay? Husband, Rolls his eyes, walks out of the kitchen. Six hours later, I had burned two pies and accidentally put salt instead of sugar into a batch of pumpkin bread. We wouldn't find out about this last blunder until dinner the following day. This is what my Rockwell family dream looks like next day. Thanksgiving Day, also known as Prove My Husband Wrong Day. 4.30 a.m. Alarm goes off. Hit the snooze button lots of times. 8.45 a.m wake up notice time nearly jump out of my skin in panic 8.53 a.m. coffee Pinterest turned on Martha Stewart magazine opened up to page 87 9.15 what the hell the turkey is still frozen 9.42 a.m. pour lukewarm bath and toss in plastic covered turkey pour a glass of wine and pray to God that it thaws fast 9.47 a.m. husband You forgot to thaw the bird, didn't you? I told you not to forget to thaw the bird, but you didn't listen to me. No. Me, shut up and drink your damn coffee. Husband, honey, it isn't that bad. Just let me help. You're in over your head. Me, tapping fingers on the countertop. Pass me that knife, please. 10.31 a.m. The turkey is floating in the bathtub. I poke it with my finger, and it seemed fun enough to me. I pulled it out, wrapped a towel around it, and hauled it into the kitchen. Pinterest says to make stuffing separately. Slather butter on the turkey like sunscreen at the pool. Dust with seasoning. Seasoning? Shove turkey into oven. Husband, did you make sure the bird is thawed? All the way thawed? Of course I did. I'm not an idiot. Would you please stop pestering me? Husband, do you want me to make the stuffing and gravy? Me. I want you to hand me that recipe. Husband. Wait, what are you doing? You have to cook the sausage before you put it into the stuffing. You know that, right? What are you, trying to kill us? Hot damn if I didn't have something to prove to Mr. Know-It-All. Noon. Him. What's for lunch? Me. Fuming. Him. Never mind. Me. The hell? Forgot to turn on the oven. Son of a... (coughs) I forgot to turn on the... (coughs) Oven. 12.05 p.m. More wine. 12.06 p.m. Turn the oven on look over shoulder, make sure Mr. Know-it-all isn't around, stick knife into bird and make sure it is thawed all the way. Damn thing is frozen in the middle. I thought to myself that no one had to know it was still frozen. I could just shove the bird in the oven and hope and pray that the heat would simultaneously melt and cook the bird. Maybe cooking it at a higher temperature would help. I was wrong. (laughs) 6.57 p.m., After ruining the pies, only partially baking the breads, forgetting about the rolls and candy yams, and telling Martha to go to hell about 6,000 times, dinner was finally ready. It was only five hours late. The inside of the turkey was not fully cooked. The outside of the turkey was burned. I told everyone that it was Cajun style. My husband had the decency or complete lack of nerve to not remind me that he indeed had told me so. Next year, we're having dinner at my in-laws. Honey, you have my word.
0: That is a writer and blogger, uh, uh, Sarah Cottrell. Uh, <laughs> their great piece, Cooking for Thanksgiving Sucks, and please pass the wine. And Sarah Cottrell joins us now. Thanks for joining us on the program.
4: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: So I think that's that you're probably not the only one who's had that experience.
4: Gosh, I hope I'm not the only one because I feel so foolish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you jumped in, you thought you had this Rockwell picture in your mind, and uh, of course Martha Stewart to contributes to these expectations as well, and it uh, didn't turn out quite that way.
4: No, and you know the funny thing is my husband totally grew up with that. His, his mother, my mother-in-law, God bless her, is totally the Rockwell mom, and they do Thanksgiving like you've never seen it. And my family, not so much. So I had some pretty big ideas about how I wanted my Thanksgiving to go. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and, and I think it is expectations, isn't it? It's uh, We get it from popular culture. We get it handed down from family members of how Thanksgiving or the holidays ought to be.
4: Yeah, it's, and it's everywhere you go. You can't even go grocery shopping without being reminded that the holidays are coming. It, it was still Halloween time, and suddenly there were um, signs everywhere at the local grocery store, don't forget your turkey, pre-order now, get your stuffing mix, here's all your pie stuff. And you start to feel that sense of dread, and it's not even the end of October.
0: <laughs> did, so did you feel some pressure from your you know, from your mother, in law n- not directly from her, but from what she did? Was that at her in here?
3: I,
4: you know, I don't think I felt it from her so much as just maybe the idea of of what, there's sort of a bar, yeah, I guess a little bit, there's there's sort of a bar of what uh, the expectation of what is a good Thanksgiving, and so I think in my head I had raised that pretty high, although, I mean, a frozen turkey, that's, you know, who's, <laughs> what are you going to do about frozen <laughs> turkeys, but... My family has a great sense of humor, and they're all very forgiving, so it wasn't like I was going to get in trouble if I, if I ruined it. But, you know, you hear stories all around you about that time that apple pie should have been on the cover of this magazine. It was so beautiful, and, and oh, my gosh, I still remember how that tasted last year. I can't wait for this year. So, yeah, there's a little bit of pressure.
0: Uh, what about the kids? What do the kids think?
5: All oh well,
4: my kids think that this is great. They just they run around watching Charlie Brown and <laughs> trying to eat the pie before yeah. before the big day. The, the, so they're still really little though, mm-hmm. so they don't quite. I don't think they quite understand all of the things that go into what makes Christmas or Thanksgiving or you know the the pressure of making sure Halloween costumes are just right and that we hit the trick or treating trail at the right time. So, mm-hmm.
0: uh, and I guess each each family has to make their own, I guess, traditions and expectations of you and your husband talk especially in the in the wake of this <laughs> last Thanksgiving. Have you talked about that?
5: Yeah,
4: and you know, we have a new thing now. So we're definitely eating at my in laws, thank God, because my mother in law is a fabulous cook and I can't wait to just sit down and, and eat dinner tomorrow. Uh, but I'm I'm still cooking a dinner here, but it's it's way more relaxed and it's it's all for leftovers. So, so there's no there's no big pressure to have a nice table at one o'clock. I can just go to my mother-in-law's, have a glass of wine, eat a big dinner, come home, and maybe make some potatoes. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, that
0: sounds that sounds nice. It'd be a lot, uh, yeah. lot more relaxed than, than last year. What about yeah. uh, what about Christmas? Do you do you guys have oh, gosh, big expectations Christmas, there? Have you gone through similar <laughs> yeah. things with Christmas?
4: I think so. You know, I and but I would say that the expectation, at least in my house, for Christmas is to make it magical because my kids are so little and they don't understand that um, you know commercialism and they don't understand how expensive it is. So, so we start planning Christmas before Halloween. We start making our list to save up and make sure that we have everything we're going to need. But, but yeah, that that's the doozy. I think so I sometimes feel like. Uh, Getting through Thanksgiving is a warm up for getting
0: through Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does seem like that, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I have, yeah. I have a friend, and I don't know what you prefer. We'll ask our listeners this question as well. Um, I have a friend who much prefers Thanksgiving because it's it's you know it's it's one day, and it's yes. centered on gratitude. And Christmas, if you let it, has become very commercialized, and it seems like it lasts forever. Getting ready. Yeah.
4: I don't know what you think about yeah. that. Yeah, I think I think your friend is right. In, in fact, in our house, we have one of the big things we do for Thanksgiving. We take construction paper and old um, brown grocery bags, and we build a tree on the wall, and the kids write down with lots of help from mom and dad because they can't read and write yet. But they they think about gratitude and what they're thankful for, and every day for a couple of weeks leading up to Thanksgiving, we add a leaf to the tree until it's full. So it's, it's like a nice... Family, quiet activity to do. But Christmas is awesome because you got Santa Claus, you've got the kids next door who inevitably will get more stuff than you, you've got all the family who wants to come, It's just a nightmare mess. <laughs> so, <laughs> Christmas is a yeah, big, huge pressure zone for sure. And
0: then I'm learning from, we're going to have uh, in the next half hour, we're going to be talking with. Um, um, Rage Against the Minivan uh, blogger uh, Kristen Howerton, and she, one of her latest posts caught her eye. Uh, talks about um, how some other holidays that used to be phoned-in holidays, of now there's pressure from other moms. Uh, you know, uh, St. Patrick's Day and Valentine's Day, and I don't know if you, oh, yeah. I don't know if that's happening in in your community.
4: Um, I I see. Th- yeah, I think so. I think there's a little bit of competition with parents to get things right. There's my son had a birthday in his class. They celebrated in his classroom. He's only in kindergarten, and you could totally see <clears throat> what the de- the decorations and the um, the treats that the parents brought in. That some parents like really went to extremes. Like one person was making turkeys shaped fruit ball things, and I brought like a bag of popcorn. <laughs> I thought I was doing great because it was healthy, and and I, I kind of got the stink eye. So yeah, it's I, I feel that a little bit. I think that there's some truth to that.
0: Uh, finally, I, I wonder uh, you gave us some a, a great tradition. You're, you've started in your family with Thanksgiving. What are there other suggestions you can make to we've de-stress and make the holidays more joyful for other families?
4: Yeah, I think I think each, you know to each their own. Definitely in my family. Like we tell our kids that they, they're only they're only going to get so many things for Christmas, and Christmas in particular is, is more about family and activity. So we try to have our own little traditions every year. Like the kids get to wake up and have hot chocolate, which is not something we generally let them have. And you know we do the gratitude tree for Thanksgiving. But I think just having quiet, sort of toned down activities that don't require spending a lot of money and don't require a lot of planning is is just such a great way to de-stress and truly enjoy the holidays.
0: Well, we appreciate you being on with us, and I hope you have very happy uh, holidays.
4: Thanks so much for having me. Happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays to you. That's Sarah Cottrell, who uh, who uh, blogs on uh, a lot on uh, scarymommy.com. And uh, her recent post was uh, on Thanksgiving, cooking for Thanksgiving sucks and please pass the wine. It was her experience from last year. We're going to make transition now um, uh, to our, our final segment. And uh, we're going to be going to Christine Ball, chair and professor of counseling and human services at Kinesius College and mental health uh, counselor. Uh, she says that for many the holidays are a time of stress, loneliness, anxiety and dysfunction. Uh, I think we have uh, Christine Ball on welcome to the program
5: yes,
0: thank Good you morning. thank you for coming on we also uh, have a family therapist and rage against the minivan blogger uh, Kristen Howerton uh, welcome to the program
3: hi how are you uh,
0: very well very well uh, let me start with uh, Christine Moll. Uh you work with uh, students I think this is at uh, Kinesius College and I, uh, I you've become
1: graduate students to become counselors
0: okay and uh, did, is that where you, you, you sort of, uh, you're out there, and if you go looking for how do you de-stress for the holidays, your name comes up because you've, you've written about this and you've you've done interviews. Uh, where did that start? Was it working with students and seeing their stress?
3: I, I think mostly working with my own family.
0: With your family, okay.
3: Um, well, just working, living. You know, uh, yeah. we teach what we need to know. We teach what we need to learn. And so if we become reflective and... and you know observe uh, there's stress all around us with our friends, our colleagues, our neighbors within our own family and uh, pretty soon you begin to connect the dots and say, you yeah, what's some what's some common points here and uh, take it from there.
0: Uh, let me turn to uh, Kristen Howerton. your uh, recent post on uh, Rage Against the minivan um, is titled "Let's Bring the Holidays down a Notch and you're talking about holiday creep. Um, like mission creep. You're talking about St. Patrick's Day. Tell, tell me about this. What's what's going on with St. Patrick's Day? I, I, I didn't think that was a whole lot of work.
4: Well, I didn't
2: think so either. I always thought that was kind of the phone-it-in holiday. You know, you wear a green shirt and call it a day, but my kids came home from school on St. Patrick's Day and were very disappointed that that morning we had not had a leprechaun visit our home and leave a trail of candy. So it's like the leprechaun is the new Easter bunny, and valentine's day is the new halloween it just it feels like every holiday is getting blown out of proportion and really different from when we were kids you know when it was just kind of simple it's i think pinterest has taken over um and then our kids are like getting their expectations from you know kids at school whose parents are going a little overboard
0: and uh, there's pie day now i've heard about this one but apparently you got to bake a pie
3: there's Pi Day, there's Dr. Seuss's birthday,
2: which is apparently I'm supposed to be celebrating. I mean, there's. it does seem like there's a whole <laughs> lot of holidays um, compared to when I was a child.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I was reading down through your blog post, and apparently you got some blowback from this. Uh, so, some, some mommies that really liked uh, doing Pi Day and Dr. Seuss's birthday uh, took umbrage.
2: I did, and, it, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I, I have nothing against people wanting to do that in their own home. That's great. But it does sometimes feel like when that stuff creeps into school, you know, and I mean, your previous guest was talking about, you know, the, um, the candy shaped into a turkey. I mean, we saw that, too. It, it, you know, when all of this overboard stuff starts to become an expectation for every child, that's when it gets a little tough, you know, because not every parent has that skill set, has that desire, um, has that time or ability.
0: Uh, so, Christine Mull, uh, I wonder, is it is expectations, is that part of it? That puts stress on us?
3: Well, yes, expectations. And Christian was just speaking to the children's expectations that they may um, learn from other other families, other children. And and, and there is a great learning moment in that uh, with your own children or with one's own family to say, you know, families have traditions. And, and you might point out a sibling, a cousin's family that does X while you in your household does, does Y. And, and just explain that different households may have different cultures, different traditions. And in this household, we do this, and this is why we do it. And then the expectations build, you know, to put on the, the, the Thanksgiving dinner with the, with the heirloom china and, and then begin baking, you know, 30 different varieties of cookies back in July for Christmas, um, all of that just sort of ratchets it up the, the stress and the anxiety when um, really just the recognition that none of us have a Norman Rockwell family or have Martha Stewart living in a back room to do all this for us, um, that the holidays are really meant to ratchet down, it's a great term, um, so that the stress creep doesn't grow. Uh, so that we can enjoy one another, uh, protect ourselves from some of the usual family dysfunction that might blow out of proportion, and and you know at the end of the day put our head on the pillow going, you know that was a pretty good day.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Kristen Howerton, how how are you fighting back against expectations at least in in your home? What do you, how do you how do you push back against this?
2: she said, I mean, it, you know, part of it is just having conversations with our kids about what we do do and what we don't do. And so, you know, when they're complaining, we don't do elf on the shelf, you know, we do an advent calendar. I can't do both. It's just too much. You know, I Mm. can't hide an elf every night. (laughs) Right. Um, you know, so we don't do Elf on the Shelf. So we explain like this is something some families do. We don't do it in our own family, but we try to keep the holidays really simple around here. Um, I try to get my kids involved. So if they want to decorate, I'm going to let them decorate, and I'm not going to I'm not going to have it look like something from Martha Stewart magazine. It's going to look like kids actually decorated it, um, and I'm going to let it go and be
3: okay with it.
0: Hmm. Let's take a break. When we come back, more with. Uh family therapist and blogger, Kristen Howerton, and with a uh, mental health counselor and chair and professor of counseling human services at Canisius College, Christine Mall. We'll talk about other stressors during the holiday season, how to counteract those, how to make the season joyful, and uh, perhaps how to help people around us. Notice people who might be having uh, problems during the holiday uh, season. Um, as uh uh, Christine uh, Mall says uh, this: uh, the opening lines for A Tale of Two Cities may have more relevance to the holiday seasons than uh, than many other things it was the best of times, it was the worst of times it was season of light, it was season of darkness it was the s- uh, spring of hope, it was the winter of despair uh, we'd love to hear your story as well at 1-800-826-1495 you can reach us by email to upraxess at com. more following the break
5: Work, relationships, health child rearing all benefit from Embracing Gratitude. Gratitude is this rich, complex emotion. That we can pin that to a specific
4: location of the brain is amazing to me.
5: Hi, I'm Susan Sarandon. Join me for the science of gratitude from PRI, Public Radio International.
0: Friday, 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Utah Public Radio.
5: I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. You've heard it. You've even felt it. If we could only achieve a work-life balance, then we'd be happy. Balance is impossible. It's, you know, we will never achieve balance. There's always going to be work interfering with life and life interfering with work. So we'll talk about why you should forget about balance and focus on well-being instead. That's next time on Here and Now.
0: Join us Wednesday morning at 11 on Utah Public Radio. You're listening to Access U Time, Tom Williams. We're uh, gathering together, holding hands, and talking about our stress with the holidays. There's a lot of expectations out there, uh, reinforced by popular media, uh, but also just family traditions and family expectations. Uh, this uh, season, this time of year, is supposed to be a time of joy. For many, it is, but for others, it's not. For others, it's time of stress, loneliness, anxiety, and dysfunction. We're addressing that on the program today. We're talking with Christine Mull. Chair and Professor of Counseling and Human Services at Canisius College. He's a mental health counselor. We're also talking with uh, Rage Against the Miniman blogger Kristen Howerton, who's a family therapist as well. Um, and uh, you can join the conversation at 1 800 826 1495. You can also join us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com. Love to know your suggestion. Perhaps you can suggest a tradition which will help make these holiday seasons more joyful. Uh, perhaps you have a story. or upraxcess at gmail.com. Let me start this um, segment with uh, Kristen Howerton. Earlier in the uh, program, we talked with Michael Levin. His uh, blog post recently was uh, I Hate Thanksgiving. He talked about how he was dragged to great-grandmas and uh, several were raging alcoholics, and it, it (laughs) it just didn't end well. And it happened every year. Uh, but he's he's coping with humor, and he's also saying that that he hopes that uh, just acknowledging that for many people it's not the ideal Norman Rockwell uh, scene can can be helpful. I wonder if you agree.
2: Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think that you know, there, there's so much therapy in humor and um, in, in being able to laugh at you know sometimes things not being perfect and being able to admit, hey, you know, my family is dysfunctional at times and. There was a great um, SNL skit just this weekend where a family was, you know, fighting over politics at the Thanksgiving table, and then a child put on the new Adele song, and that was the one kind of touch point for everyone in the family <laughs> is loving that song. But, yeah, I mean, you do kind of have to laugh sometimes. And, and I think that that's okay, that, you know, acknowledging that, you know, sometimes these are painful times. Sometimes, sometimes going back to our family of origin is, is a less than ideal experience.
0: Christine Ball, uh, you've you've written about this, talked about this relationships. Relationships, of course, can be good; they can be bad, and and those whatever it is, it's heightened, I think, during the holidays.
3: Oh, I I think so because uh, people you know sort of do seek that Martha Stewart Norman Rockwell image. But the the other thing is that most families really are you know on a continuum, normal, relatively normal, even if there is a little dysfunction around it. it's. Um, one therapist a number of years ago was asked, how, you know, what's the percentage of families? And she said something like 98%. And the reporter was horrified. And, he said, and then she said the other 2% are in denial. Um, mm-hmm. Sibling rivalry is natural. Even as an adult, um, people tend to re- reoccupy or return to some, you know, childhood role when they go home to the bigger family. So it's important to maybe, if you know that Uncle Harry's going to start Negotiating or talking to you about when you're going to get married or when you're going to have children or
1: you know whatever
3: some touchy point you you may be a line with a fam, another family member or a cousin that maybe a hand signal a pull on the ear the old Carol Burnett pull on the ear or whatever that uh, you know you're reaching your your limit and to somebody to intervene or save you um, there's always a good bathroom break you know go take a say excuse me I I got to go to the bathroom and and hide in the bathroom for five minutes and catch your breath and refocus, um, you know, realign yourself with, with healthy thoughts. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's family can can go in different ways. Uh, my grandfather used to say you could choose your friends, but there ought to be open hunting season on family. <laughs> but the reality is they're, they're family and, and, um, and we've all grown together somehow. And uh, to have some humor and keep some perspective and And uh, not think about it five minutes before you go into the household, but maybe the day before or a couple of days before. Try to sort of work out in your head some scenarios that will take care of yourself if if you're caught in a difficult situation.
0: Uh, Kristen Howerton, I wonder what you would say this, this relationship. You know, for some it's a wonderful time of joy because it enhances good relationships. But if there are some strains on relationships, holiday season, you're thrown together, it can be a problem.
2: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And, you know, I think Christine gives good advice on having, um, you know, kind of a game plan as you go in for, you know, if if you know a particular scenario tends to be problematic, whether it's, you know, talk about politics or pressure to, you know, explain why you're not married or, you know, something like that. Just to know how you're going to respond is a really good idea. I think... For families where there's a lot of tension, I think having an activity for the day is a good idea, you know, so that there isn't just a lot of, of sitting around downtime, you know, go for a family walk, go to a movie, um, figure out something that you all enjoy and can do together, um, rather than just, you know, a scenario where you're sitting and the tensions can sort of build because there's not something to do.
0: Let's bring in a caller. Uh, Buddy from Washington County is uh, is on the line. Uh, Buddy, glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment.
5: <laughs> Good, good morning and happy thanksgiving to everybody um... Uh, right before the program started i had a phone call from my sister back in kansas city where i moved from uh, about six years ago and she was calling to make sure she had mother's pumpkin pie recipe correct <laughs> and it, it brought me back to the first time that she and i were given the duty uh... because my mother was getting older we, we were given the duty of making the pumpkin pies for thanksgiving dinner and it was talk about stress to make sure it was perfect. And as we got the ingredients together, we realized we didn't have enough sugar. And we're combing her house. We're both at her house. Everything. What, what are we going to do? Where are we, gonna? we finally found a box of sugar cubes and took a hammer and smashed up all those sugar cubes to make enough sugar for these pies. I mean, you know, talk about stress in a funny way. Yeah. But you're trying your best to make it the way it's always been. And uh, for us, it was a lot of laughs, along with a few tears, and this morning, the same thing, Mm -hmm. remembering so many years ago, uh, mother's been dead for, for many years now, but still trying to preserve that tradition
0: <laughs> that's wonderful so thank
5: you for all the comments it re- it's been a wonderful program
0: oh thank you buddy. appreciate that okay. uh, l- let me get reaction to that uh, first from uh, from uh, Christine ball uh, one of the things here that they're the two sisters are honoring their mother you know that's that's a nice thing
3: it is a great thing and we often do try to recreate the past in many ways and 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 there's a lot of stress on that sometimes in recreating the past we might come up with a better recipe Um, Or, you know, as as the caller uh, was speaking, I I, I thought of the story of the the young bride who, you know, um, always learned to cut the ham in half and put it in two two halves into the oven. And and that was the family, that was the way she learned it from her mother and and went back a couple of generations and, and some... Non-family member came in and said, "Why, why, why do you do that?" And great grandma just happened to be there, and so they went to her, and she said, "Why, why, do, why, why did you start doing this? Why, why is it better this way?" And she said, "I had a small oven; that's the only way it was done. <laughs> um, Yeah,
0: you and, never know. You know,
3: it's just yeah. We we we, we're, we sometimes are married to traditions that uh, without knowing what what they're all about, and and cooking can be the same way, and, and like that, smashing the little sugar cubes to get enough sugar. Yeah, it, it, you get laughing about that because that had to be quite a scene. Um, but they may have ended up with a better recipe, either with less sugar or, or a little bit more or whatever. And, and, uh, but they're honoring the tradition. They're honoring their mom. And, and, um, and if, if that's the, the whole point, then all the better. Um, if they get stressed about that and, and then everybody gets all tense so that you can't taste the pie after all that trouble, then something's wrong with that recipe.
0: Uh, Kristen uh, Howerton, I wonder about this this idea of tradition. It's, it's maybe good to look at those traditions and select which ones you're going to pass down and which ones you're going to discontinue.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there are some sacred cows in families when it comes to holidays. We do things a certain way. Um, and I think it's important for each family member to kind of have an open dialogue, um, obviously respecting traditions, but also being able to give input, being able to talk about, like, You know, what could we tweak, or is there a way we could make this day different? Because I know, especially for, you know, for young adults, it's easy just to fall into what your parents did for the holidays. So you kind of, you go back home and you do everything that they do. But I remember a couple years ago being 35 and a mother of four children and thinking, when do I get to have a say? Like, when does, when does the holiday becomes something that I had some input into, um, just because I had always deferred to my mother and my mother-in-law. And, you know, so I started having some conversations respectfully, you know, could we do things a little different? Or could I bring a dish um, of my choosing or something like that? So I think keeping those lines of dialogue open, um, respect, respectfully open, is really important for everybody.
0: And there's uh, young families, I think, have to make a decision at some point, you want to stay home, right, and have your own Traditions. Start with Kristen on this yeah, one.
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: And that was, you know, that was something that we as a family just started doing um, a couple years ago as well, saying, you know what, Christmas morning, we want to just do this at our house. Um, and, and that can be difficult. Those can be really difficult conversations to navigate. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Christine Mull, there are people, I think, uh, if you're on a college campus, as we are here at Utah State University, if you're in a college community, you, you, you do recognize that there are people uh, you especially recognize, they're going to be, be alone, uh, say, foreign students. Um yeah. And I wonder, that's a segue to get into talking about, if you notice somebody who's maybe you think is going to be struggling during the holiday season, what, what advice to give that person what to do? Well, I think there's a couple of
3: things people can do. Um, you could invite a few orphans, uh, folks by themselves, either an older neighbor, uh, a student, a foreign student, or a student who just feels that maybe they're working, they have an odd job off campus and they need to stay on campus even without classes to work that job and maybe go home later or not afford to be able to go home. Um, invite, invite a few people to your table if you um, approve and, and ask them to join you. Um, there's a couple of benefits to that. Um, or to check in with a neighbor or uh, a person. I, I did that the other day. as A couple of colleagues that I know are, are single. Are you all set for Thanksgiving? Um, some people may choose to be alone. Some people may choose to sort of make their own little meal and do some projects around the house and are perfectly comfortable having some quiet time to themselves. Others would welcome a family to join uh, for dinner. So... Uh, there's nothing wrong with the people who choose to have some quiet time to themselves, don't think they're weird, don't think they're depressed, maybe they live a very busy life and welcome the peace. Um, but there might but extend the invitation and, and be open to the thank you very much, I'd love to, or thank you, I'm all set, uh, response, whatever you
5: get. Uh,
0: let me uh, ask uh, Kristen Howerton. It um, uh, occurs to me there's uh, maybe still a pretty big... Um, Gender separation, gender gap in terms of expectations and roles. Uh, I know in my parents' generation it was, you know, mom cooked the meal and dad, you know, sat and we didn't watch football, but we, you know, sat and did el- other things. That's still the case with the, with younger couples? Is that changing and is, does that cause additional stress for the women?
2: I do think that there are some long-held gender roles, and I think, you know, as egalitarian as we become as a society, the holidays is where it all breaks down. The holidays is where we see we still have a ways to go with this equality thing, because certainly in my home and in most homes I know, it, um, even if both, both of the parents are equal breadwinners and both, you know, equally work, It is typically the mom who's planning the Thanksgiving fair and cooking it. It's typically the mom who's worried about the holiday cards, who is taking inventory of the Christmas gifts, who's decorating, does tend, I think, to still fall to women. And um, I think at Thanksgiving that is certainly true as well. Um, And I think a part of that, too, is, you know, we're trying to, you know, defer a bit to our elders and we're still involved in that. And it's hard to walk in you know, to your mother-in-law's home and say, okay, um, the men aren't going to sit and watch football. We're all cooking. Like, you know, that's a difficult thing to assert. But then that trickles down and, you know, kind of never gets shifted. Um, so I do think that there are some gender norms that really make the holidays worse for women.
0: Just have a couple minutes left. And I'd like to, uh, to ask each of you, starting with Christine Mull, uh, what's one piece of advice that, that you would give to, to de-stress our holidays?
3: I I think the one piece of advice is to um, be gentle with yourself. Make time for yourself. Uh, Plan breathers, Uh, whether that's 15 minutes by yourself or an exercise hour or uh, someplace to steal away to a quiet place Um, and just catch your breath. Uh, Go outside and look at Orion rising in the sky, whatever it might be. Just take a breather and be gentle with yourself and take some time for yourself.
0: Kristen Howerton, what would be one piece of advice to de-stress?
2: Well, I love what Christine said, and I think there's something really valuable in these seasons to getting yourself out and into nature and kind of having a grounding experience. But I'd also advise people, don't compare. You know, don't look at other people's Instagram Reel or Pinterest page and think this is how I have to do it. Like, let your own holiday be your own holiday and let it be good enough.
0: Well, great advice uh, from each of you. Thank you so much. Uh, Christine Mall is Chair and Professor of Counseling and Human Services at Kinesius College, a mental health counselor. Thank you.
3: You're most welcome and a blessed Thanksgiving to all
1: of you.
0: Oh, thank you, and you, and you too. And uh, uh, Kristen Howerton is uh, a blogger. You can find her at Rage Against the Minivan, and she's a family therapist. Uh, thank you so much.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: And uh, happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays to everyone. Uh, Just a couple of programming notes. You can tune in for a wonderful program tomorrow, 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. It's called Giving Thanks. Uh, And uh, that's followed uh, tomorrow, at least the uh, 9 a.m. version. At 10 o'clock, we have our a uh, tradition, a splendid table. Lynn Rosetto Casper gives uh, cooking advice to you. Uh, uh, the program's called Turkey Confidential. That's 10 to noon uh, tomorrow on Thanksgiving. Again, a happy holidays to everyone. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll tune in on Monday for Access Utah. Thanks for listening.
5: Hi, it's Lynn Rosetto Casper with the Splendid Table. Be sure to join us for Turkey Confidential, culinary triage on the day you need it most, Thanksgiving. We're here to take your calls with some help from Jacques Papin
3: and Andrew Zimmern. Don't miss it. That's Turkey Confidential, live, Thanksgiving Day from 8 p.m.
0: Right here on Utah Public Radio, Thanksgiving Day, 10 a.m. to noon.
3: Hey, I'm Pia Chattopadhyay. John Mulaney
2: was a rising stand-up comic and writer for Saturday Night Live. And then he made a sitcom that totally bombed. Next time on Q, I'll chat with John Mulaney about the creative and comedic value of failure. That's coming up on Q from PRI, Public Radio International.
0: Join us Wednesday afternoon at 1 on Utah Public Radio. Thank you for listening to Access Utah today on Utah Public Radio, a service of the College of Humanities
5: and Social Sciences at Utah State University. Stay tuned for Living on Earth coming up next. The time now is 10 o'clock. Thank you for listening.